Hello and welcome. You are listening to Working From Wisdom. My name is Tracy Garrity. I am a success and transformative coach, which means that I help people to really thrive in life from a place of deeper wisdom and inner guidance, where stress and overwhelm aren't really required for success. And I started this podcast because I'm really curious and interested about people who have had wonderful success in their life from a place of inner flow where they have allowed themselves to be open to seeing opportunities around them and things have presented themselves in a way that they never could have imagined if they had set down to plan and make goals. And there is something really beautiful about this because it's where we are letting life live us and flow through us and it really goes against an awful lot of what we have been taught is required to be successful in life and there's a wonderful ease and effortlessness about it. So my goal with this podcast is to speak to people and learn from their wisdom and from their insights. And hopefully it can help more of us to get on that path, that path of working from wisdom and find success and to really thrive from that place. And my guest for this episode is a fantastically exciting lady called Kathy Murphy. And Kathy lives in California and worked as the district superintendent for California State Parks for 34 years. And we talk a little bit about that in the podcast. She now has her own company called The Rising Tide, where she offers executive and leadership coaching. And The Rising Tide is a very apt name because Kathy is a surfer and she uses surfing quite a bit as a metaphor for how it is that she shows up in life and how she allows wisdom to flow through. She explains how this really helped her when she lost her job with the California State Parks after 34 years of being with them and the difficulty she had in letting go control over that um, and, and learning to embrace the unknown from that place and also how resistance to change and to moving on can often get in the way of amazing new experiences as she said shit happens and then shift happens and she shares with us how that experience changed her and how it opened up opportunities for her we also discussed how recognizing that we don't have to fix anybody that none of us are fundamentally broken and that we all have access to the same source of wisdom has been a wonderful learning curve for her as well. And most importantly, that when we are driven by love, that we show up completely different in life. And that is ultimately what working from wisdom is all about. So without further ado, Kathy Murphy, I hope you enjoy. Hello, everybody, and welcome to the Working From Wisdom podcast. Today, I am delighted to be joined by Kathy Murphy, all the way from California. Kathy, thank you so much for agreeing to be my guest. Well, Tracy, thank you so much, because I am 
just honored and blessed to be able to get on here on such a beautiful human being podcast. Yeah. <laughs> rocks the world. I mean, I was like thrilled to get invited. So I'm so happy to be here with you. Thank you. So Kathy, I'm going to start by asking you, what does working from wisdom mean to you? Working from wisdom to me would be to basically kind of do what I do when I serve. I'm out in the water, I'm sitting on a board, and I just know that's a wave I'm taking. I don't spend any time thinking about it. Next thing I do is go. I have to paddle, do my part, take action, and then I'm in flow. And I don't have to do any more of the heavy lifting on the wave. The wave does it. And when I work, if I go from that same premise that I do what I know, what comes to me, that out of nowhere, oh, this is next. And I go and take action and I flow, then that will lead me to my next, oh, go now, paddle here. Because on the wave, on the journey down, there's times I'll stick my paddle in to make an adjustment. I don't think about that. It just happens. Mm-hmm. And that's the way working from wisdom can be. Anything you want to create, just creating joy and love and that fun aspect of every day comes in when you're able to know, go and flow. That is so cool. Uh, I, and I love that. Uh, I love that surfing example. And like in, in that sense, have you, have you always been in that state of mind where you have flowed into things in your life? Or were you ever, you know, that goal focused, orientated person at some point? I think I was kind of a combination of both. Um, because I definitely would accomplish goals. And it, it was not until I was 59 years old that I didn't accomplish something I set as a goal. That was the first time in my life. And I actually set myself up sort of to not do it. I set this goal in a program to make $50,000 in two months because I was like, I want to see how I can handle not making a goal. And it was kind of weird because I would say that I live my life with life living me, but it wasn't that I wasn't doing a lot. It's that the doing never was hard for me. Like to a point probably, you know, was was I in my head too much? I don't know and I don't go back and analyze it too much. I try not to. But what I know happened was like my body was beat to shit. I had all kinds of illness and injury. I had dedicated myself so passionately to what I was driven doing in my last career that I spent nine years, I was working 20 out of 24 hours a day. And it was a highly political job. The bigger the risks got, the more fun I had in it. So it was like, I loved my whole life to accomplish things that everybody said I couldn't, or they were impossible, or it wouldn't happen. 
just because I think some of that wisdom, God had a good sense of humor and he would get it through my noise in my head when I got too noisy about it because I would use my head and plan, plan A, B, C, and D. And they had little goals along the way. But then I would always go with what came to me each day and take action on that. And along the way, all those goals got accomplished. So I try now to do more pull and allow life to always pull me when I start to find myself in my head. But even then, it was kind of it was kind of like I felt bad because it was never hard for me. And even though you were working obviously insanely long hours, which I don't think anybody would be able to maintain, like did you find that you weren't getting burnt out because you were, even though you were showing up for long hours, but you were doing it from a place of flow more so than forced work or did you get burnt out from that my body would tell you i was burned out my mind would tell you i was burned out my emotions would tell you i was burned out but i know what drove me was my spiritual energy because i see the spiritual energy that i call god the universe entered i mean every, mm -hmm. it's what we know is there and that is the only energy that we have that has an infinite pool to it. And all my life I had pushed my body past, like this one time I was doing this karate training that was super intense. And I had broken ribs, I had a broken jaw, and I fought for three hours with those. Like I could, I could totally turn off, I had a super high pain level, and I could just turn that off and do it and i have healed my body many times in my life with that spiritual energy most recently um i had a shoulder issue and the doctor and all the tests and the mris and everything showed that i couldn't lift my shoulder i was still surfing i showed the doctor i couldn't lift it for several weeks and then i just went hmm i'm just gonna like focus on healing. I'm going to do what I know to do. I'm going to use wisdom here to guide me. And I did. And I was back in the water surfing the day he said, I'm sorry, we got the last of the tests back and you're not going to be able to use your arm. You are disabled permanently. And wow. I said, Oh, do you want to see it? And he was like, yeah, right. And I, I lifted it in the air and he goes, Oh, no, do that again. And then he was like, no, you can't do that. And I said, well, apparently I can. And he goes, right. he goes all the time, because he's treated me for a lot of things. And he goes, all the time, I've always wondered, how do you do it? And I have all these other patients that can't. And I said, well, they could too. This isn't something you do with your body. It's your mind. Yeah. And, your and it's like, I just knew at that point, because all of my my nine years of being so i think we can be so driven by love and passion for what we're doing that perhaps we don't notice all those things or you know it it came to a summation at a point where um i found myself surrounded by like seven armed men 
and they took me out of my job. Okay. Were you a rebel in causing problems? Were you, were you uh, <laughs> stirring the pot? No. Were you? <laughs> it, would, it would depend on how you looked at it. Because what I would say was I always did what I knew was right for the people. Okay. And I had millions of people who were behind me on what I was doing, who I had brought together extreme diverse groups of people. Um, it was, a, it was land issues, like who could use the land? And I managed all the off-roading portions. And I worked with the Native Americans. I worked with the Sierra Club. You know, there was a lot of people suing each other, going back and forth between me and them. And I brought everybody together into that space of connection of love that was under it all. Like I created a way in the Southern California deserts where everybody could still do what they loved and I managed it for that. So I had a wonderful team of, I had built the, the bureaucracy up to 137 staff and all kinds of specialists in each area so that I could make sure the resources were protected, the recreation was protected. Everything had a voice at the table. And then it merely was that the governor changed and appointed a head of resources who I knew my time was up, but I didn't know it would come in that way. And in the moment when I was standing there with the people who were doing this, and I like out of nowhere came this, no, you're gonna be okay. Just go with what they want you to do and you will be all right. Yeah. And and I knew that was like that no go and flow. Now, go and flow took a couple of years from that. <laughs> but it was, it was just hard to, hard to predict how you feel in those. Like, that must be hard because when you're in a place of working from wisdom and when that is influencing, <clears throat> excuse me, when that's influencing the people around you, and having a positive impact and you can see something growing from that place, you know, something beautiful, as you said, like working from a place of love. And then to have, you know, that bureaucracy <clears throat> come in and kind of take it away or dismantle it, that must have been really hard. You know, how, how did you deal with that or how do you... What do you do from that place that you can move on from it? Yeah, I didn't deal with it well, let's say. <laughs> I mean, it, it <laughs> was devastating. Guards. <laughs> yeah, it, it was devastating. And what, what I felt the most was like, and I had managers under me, people who were going to be working for a long time. I felt so responsible for all of it. You know, I basically told the people who had told me to leave, no, I'm the captain of this ship. I'm the one that will take the fall. And my devastation of them, like feeling like what they were going to do afterwards, because they were doing it obviously for a reason. And it was like everything I had passionately been able to create that in reality could never have been on the ground in a bureaucracy, never. 
And there it was for several million people go there a year and enjoy it. They were not going to have that in my mind. It's like they were going to come in and undo everything I did. Okay. So one of the ways that came to me to do because being that I ended up retiring, but one of the things that had come to me was I still got to help. I still got to help. Like I felt drawn to be able to help. And prior to the previous year, which out of, I had worked for these guys for 34 years. The wisdom that came to me was like when you retire, cause I thought, well, they were going to, they had planned, my boss had planned, who also got taken out, had planned that I would be a retired annuitant and help the place keep going when I left. Because I was seven years past retirement. I was actually losing money to go to work. Okay. But I stayed because of my passion for cre- just seeing that creation, that what came to life in that and life in all these diverse people who hated each other before. I, I loved it. And so it was, it was kind of funny because they had told me, okay, you got to pick a retirement date. So I just have to share this because I'm a little goofy and weird. I chose December 27th because it was National Fruitcake Day. And I love Jimmy Buffett and fruitcakes in the kitchen, fruitcake on the bus. There's a little bit of fruitcake left in every one of us. <laughs> okay. People so, in the U.S. might get that. <laughs> never heard of it over here. So, okay. It was pretty fun, though, you guys. But I like the fruitcake. A crazy musician and talking about how just being different and crazy can be fun. Yeah. And so what I did was I just started getting my health back. I started doing what I knew to do from wisdom. Wisdom got me back. The wisdom that I still had that spiritual energy and I could replenish my body, mind, and spirit by getting my health back, getting back to exercise. I started volunteering and teaching leadership and life skills to kids through golf out in the desert where I was. And that turned into a non-paid 40 hour a week job for me. And I love that because I could watch those kids come alive. Like what I had seen in the people that I had worked with. You know, what's lovely is that sometimes we can be so resistant to leave something when our time has come, you know, to to sort of recognize (laughs) that, this is over now. And there we get so um, clingy with um, what we think makes us feel secure that it stops us from having new experiences. And I mean, it seems that for you, you got a whole fresh new experience came on the back of when it was your time to retire or, you know. it. I love how you said that because... It's just so true that it kind of points to that thing of how we can't get life wrong because eventually God's good sense of humor for me would be, okay, let's take the bat and knock her out. Cause I, I have been knocked out of things many times in my life. And <laughs> I mean, physically too, like knocked out. And it's like, those things happen for a reason. I, I want to say shit happens and then shift happens. Because 
if we, when something happens, it wakes us up to what we knew, but we didn't want to accept. And the thing that I knew that I can look back on my life and say is that all these things that I did and created were never about me. Yes. They were never about me, but me feeling that responsibility to make, to be the one that like, not that it needed me because I was only ever used for everything, but that feeling that how dare they take this away? Like from all these people, I felt so responsible that it was up to me, you know, kind of that, that push pull thing. Well, that, what is the phrase? If it's to be, it's up to me. Like that I had to do it, that me not doing it was letting something down. And it, it kind of probably came in with a lot of that goal driven stuff that I would be like, Oh, goal. Okay. Make it. All right. Next. And I was so, I saw so many more, I, I go on big vision, but so many more little pieces of goals that could have been done there that it was hard to leave and to leave knowing that they were going to go in and literally undo what I had done. Mm. And isn't it funny when we get so caught up in that we are responsible for everything, we forget that everybody else has access to the same wisdom that we do. (laughs) And, you know, and there is a real, there's a wisdom in, um, and there's a, uh, I guess, when we can start to hand things over and realize that we don't all have to fix the world and we don't, we're not superheroes and that we all can be guided from that place within. Um, but it's not personally our job to, to do that for everybody else or to ensure that, that, you know, we have to come to that insight ourselves. And we can't force other people to come to that insight. They have to find that within them. Yeah. And it, people came to work for me because they thrived. And these were, I mostly had people who like, I would hire people when people would go, Oh, don't hire that person to be a manager. They're never going to be a manager. They're a problem. Like, and I'm like, Oh, I want that one. (laughs) I want this one. And they just thrive because, excuse me, I help them connect to, their infinite potential inside and they watch themselves grow and you know just like you said though that that personal responsibility because thinking about it it took a long time for me to ever let go of that and i'm still challenged with that off and on sometimes i get ideas and i'm like oh my gosh but and then it's like wait it's not up to me and it's such a freeing thing it was not until 2019 in CTI, actually, on a call one day that Lynn was running and, and she coached me. And I, I walked away with that, oh, I don't have to fix the world. That was my- Just for anybody who's listening, just insight. CTI is creating the impossible. <laughs> it's a program that Michael Neal runs. I just thought I'd throw that in there because- uh, ah, Definitely so throw it in because it's yeah. so much fun. If you get an opportunity to join, play in that group, and Tracy and I are there, so you'll have fun yes. with us. Yes, too. they're wonderful. But it group. was, 
it was incredible because I had that was when I had written the book and the song, and then I was struggling with, well, I can't get the message out this way. And it was like, oh, I don't have to fix the world. It, it was so huge. And it was the first insight, which then I kept, I was more aware of how I was doing that because it also encompassed other things I had recently, like I don't have to fix my kids, all, all mm -hmm. of that that I had recently been struggling with and working on. And then this past, was it CTI? I don't know what it was in some, at some point during COVID, I had that same, another insight because we don't just get one and all of a sudden everything is, is changed. It'll often just come. And because we're, in my opinion, because we're human, mm -hmm. we get back in our head sometimes about oh, it. Oh yes. Get in our head. Oh, yeah. <laughs> like that's the place I struggle. I do best when I'm not in my head at all. But that ability to allow that and that ability to allow yourself to feel that everybody does have access to that wisdom. Yeah. Because it, it's, it's very freeing to not have to fix anything and then go out and do whatever you want to do. It's really freeing. Yeah. And like even... I have to say, you know, with this, this understanding that we both, you know, where we, we, that being guided from wisdom and the understanding we bring into the work that we do to start for me, it was a huge eye opener to stop seeing people as being broken and right. needing to be fixed because I certainly would have been someone who always wanted to swoop in and oh i see exactly what's wrong with that person and i know exactly what they need and how i can fix them and then to see that we are all whole and we are all complete and we all have access to the same well of uh, well-being and love and that just sometimes our thinking gets in the way of us seeing that and as you said that we all have access to that wisdom and i think it opens us up more to be kinder and have more empathy and have more love for everybody when we see the well and the well-being and the wisdom in them and not seeing all the bits that are broken and need to be fixed yeah it's just it's it's such a different way of looking at things and i know like i i could see it in people my whole life and i didn't know why i couldn't understand why they didn't see it and one of the things that really helped me in seeing the understanding was to actually look at my thinking which kind of got me off track but to really look at my thinking instead of i just really didn't notice it and look at it and put myself way more into feeling how they feel. Cause I knew like these people that I would hire, I knew who they were. I knew what they could do. And I never tried to fix them. I would like tell them, come up with something fun that you see that you could do out here. You know, what, what would you like to do? What do you enjoy? And I would have them follow that fun and joy 
and they were creating like the, this what there was no stopping them i remember we had no restrooms like we had one in in a couple hundred thousand acres and so my maintenance chief i'm like what do you think about the restrooms like we ought to have some more and i'm like yeah so we we start working on some plans for building some and then he on his own, it came to him one day, let me call, see if anybody's got any of these other kinds around. And he found nine of them. And he came to me, he goes, I found nine restrooms. I'm like, oh my gosh. And he goes, I just got to figure out how to get them here. And he goes, can I get them? And I'm like, yeah. And, and at the same time, I'm thinking, oh my gosh, what about all the permits? That's okay. We'll make that work. That's just a logistic. Mm -hmm. And it was so neat because I remember the day that the first one arrived. And he had gotten the Coast Guard to come over the hills from the coast to the desert and to bring this sucker in. It was a big, heavy, it had a huge tank. It had all this stuff on it. He brought this in on a helicopter out in the middle of nowhere and put it in the ground. And it... Uh, I get chills just thinking about like watching him the day I was out there with him when that first one arrived. It was yeah. so beautiful. And every time that I would just point somebody to do something fun, their confidence went up. I love that. And it was like, yeah, there's something in, I, I see fun as a way when we're engaged in what we're doing, we enjoy it and we don't get in our head. That's exactly it. You know, when something is a big job that needs to be done, then we think that I must do an awful lot of thinking about this big job so that I can plan it. But if you're coming from a place of, well, hey, let's just experiment. Let's play a game. And if it works, cool. And if it doesn't, well, you know, we've nothing to lose. It, that doesn't require any thinking. No. And, <laughs> and isn't it amazing that we can live our lives from that place and thrive and be really successful in business and in relationships purely from that space and everything that we need will still show up but we are conditioned to believe that success comes with the graft and hard work and there needs to be pressure and there you know there needs to be stress and we just think that we need all of that yeah. Because certainly what I'm seeing more and more is that there is a much easier, much more fun way of really showing up in life and and being successful, you know, yeah. as well. It's it's so incredible how just the way that our, our simple fundamental misunderstanding of how life works affects that. But that misunderstanding is our, our abnormal way that it becomes normal. And then anything different is outside our comfort zone. And, and I even see it in, it's funny because often um, I just thought of a client I 
I was with last week and I hear this from them more than once. He's like, the only thing I struggle with now is those thoughts of, gosh, like, how long can this go on? Is it really going to be this easy? Like, and, and he has a team of people he works with. His personal life, he's hiking, he's doing fun things. And I actually was able to take him out surfing because he was a local person. But it's just, I love hearing that from people like, it really is this easy, but is it going to stop? And I'm like, no. <laughs> no. And, and I think that's where the place we stop ourselves to. Because I'll still, if I find myself stopped and not feeling like something's easy, I just notice, oh, I'm just having some crappy thinking then about it because that's where we go. And, yeah. and flow state is like, it doesn't matter if it's the pandemic tidal wave, we can ride in mm-hmm. a different state, which makes all of it okay. Even the ones that we go, wow, you know, fell off that wave. There's yeah. always another. There's always another, yeah. And and I love, you know, that you use surfing. I know we've spoken about this, that I, I started boogie boarding with my daughter towards the end of the summer, actually. And it was so much fun. And and it was literally, you know, that there's always another wave. So sometimes you'd get on a wave and it'd be a bit of a lame duck, you know, and you'd be like, oh, that wasn't much of a, that wasn't much of a ride out of that one. But you hop back up because you're like, that's okay. There's another one coming and there's another one coming. And, you know, the sea and water is such a representation of us and our life as well, because we are all, we are like the tide, you know, we we are in a flow and it's, it's never ending. And there's, I think, less disappointment when... Or there's a more of a willingness to just give things a try when you know that the outcome is irrelevant because there will always be something else coming around the corner. There will always be another wave. Yeah. And, you know, next summer when you and your daughter come over here to surf, <laughs> uh, <we were laughs> I probably have an analogy a lot just because it's I, I'm so personally connected to it and I know it's inside everybody and I have seen that like this summer I really missed the the leadership and life skills I do at the surf camp with the girls because I'm always out in the water with them and everything and it's so fun to just see how much like you said we we rise and fall just like the tide and the tide doesn't have an issue with that and the Mm -hmm. waves there's always more waves and they always take like I just thought of a, a wave, like sometimes you'll catch a really neat wave and you'll, you'll know, take it off and you go and then you're flowing along and then that wave is dying out. And then out of nowhere, there's a wave right ahead of it. It's like a shoulder and you're not going to flow into it. So you put the paddle in and you go a little, little few more, more strokes and now you're on a different way. And it's mm-hmm. like, that's how life works and it also works like i have taken off on some waves in fact yesterday thursday no thursday i went out surfing and it was super bumpy there was waves coming from every direction and a friend and i were actually the only two in the water imagine that we didn't have a crowd um and they were pretty big jacked up waves and i cannot tell you how many waves i took off on 
that the sideways came and I immediately was throwing down the face of the wave. Mm. And then there would be waves after it. So you would have to be in there with your board. And then like in life, you dive deep to get under where all the waves are deep inside in life, deep in the water as you can, considering you have a board strapped to you and you're gonna get shoved back to shore. And you eat a bunch of those waves. And then there's no thinking, you're back on the board paddling out for another one. Mm. It's like no thought involved. And one of the things I love about surfing is you never think about how tired you are. We, we try when I, I have a group of surf sisters I'll surf with sometimes or often when we can. And it's like, we, we'll check in with each other and go, you think you can still make it up the rocks? Cause like, especially in winter, there's like, it, and we're old surfers, like <laughs> they're huge, massive rocks. And you gotta go 10, 20 feet down these rocks with a damn board and try to get down there in one piece. And then if the tide's high, it's breaking on those rocks and there's more rocks there. So you gotta like put your, throw your board in front of you get on it and haul ass before you and, and the board end up in the rocks. So it's like going back up. It's kind of like, we'll have to check in with each other and go, do you have enough energy to get back up? Because <laughs> when you're on the water, when you're in flow in life, you don't think about I'm tired. Oh, I got to rest now. It's like, you're just kind of going, but you're really not tired. And with surfing, it's the same. As long as you can get back to your car, and then you go home and off and people will text each other. People will be like, I had to take a nap, you know, yeah. <laughs> then, you know, yeah. but it's like, it's just such a beautiful thing because it's that doing what you love. You'll do anything to do what you love. Yeah. And driven by love is the way to do it. Yeah. And that is, that's the missing link, isn't it? You know, it's, there can be, a desire and an ambition and the end sort of thriving our success and the missing link is where we come from in either achieving that success or having or, or really thriving you know you can do it by working really hard and burning yourself out or you can do it by hopping on a wave and just going with the momentum from there and you know what the end result may not be exactly what you had thought it would be but either way it's really cool yeah yeah i love that because it it just is it's all like hopping on waves over and over and just going with it and seeing where it goes and know that there's an infinite amount there for everybody. Beautiful. I'm going to end it on that note because that was just perfect. Kathy, thank you so much for joining me um, for my podcast. It has been an absolute pleasure speaking to you and um, thank you so much for all your words of wisdom. Thank you for your wisdom, Tracy. Um, truly an honor to get to be here with you. And I love what you're doing and sharing with the world. And it just so gorgeous to see you lighting up so many lives with fun and joy and wisdom and helping people to create whatever they want. Thank you. Thank you.